0: Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest, former Coyote, former Coyote's head coach, Rick Tockett. Talk. thank you so much for making the time out of your busy schedule to uh, join our show. Yeah,
1: work, work, work. Hey, talk. Well, when Craig and PD asked me, I said, Are "You kidding me? Absolutely." So, I need some water. I, I know Pete's gonna have some hard-hitting questions for me.
2: Yeah, you better be ready. <laughs> it's, this isn't—we're not breaking sticks. It's not cream puff stuff. We're gonna talk hockey, and it's gonna be a tough. Um, but, but let's start with honestly. Let's start with TNT, if you don't mind. Yeah. First, like—is that something you've wanted to do? How it came about, and then kind of give us w- w- how it actually works. Like, what it's like behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, when I was leaving uh, uh, the Coyotes, um, you know, you're you're in limbo for a little bit. And uh, I had a, three or four teams call about a assistant associate uh, associate coaching role. A um, couple of the teams I was really seriously thinking of doing it, and then TNT had called my agent, and I was kind of lukewarm. Now nah, I don't want they wanted me to go for a test land. And Actually, my girlfriend and, and my my agent Steve Mountain said, you know, just go, just go and see how it is, and. It's the best thing I did. It, it was it was actually a, it was a lot of fun. Um, they called me a couple hours later said I had the job, uh, offered me a two year deal, and said, "Hey, just you know, we don't really want you to to break you know X and, and, and try to reinvent the game. We want you to just have fun and talk hockey like you're like in a happy hour in a bar." And it's uh, so it, it, you know I have to thank them for getting me to to go for the interview.
3: Rick, did you have any reservations about going to TV? I mean, you. You sat in front of us after every damn game and had to answer questions. So it wasn't like you weren't in front of a camera a lot, but did you ever have any reservations or nervousness about doing this?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you're always, you know, it's kind of, I did a little pre and post game uh, with the Flyers, uh, you know, a few, a bunch of years ago. Um, And uh, I was a little nervous because TNT is a big brand. Uh, You know, you got the Barkley shack. Uh, They wanted, (laughs) you know, obviously you can't get to their level, but they wanted us to do something like that. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're good at it. I didn't want to, you know, look like I was fish out of water there. Um, so I was a little nervous, Craig. I, uh, I have to be honest with you, but I got to tell you the, the the their format, the way they teach you, the what they want you, they they don't over prepare you, um, has really helped me for especially to to go on those shows.
0: Can you walk us through what a typical work week looks like for you? Because TNT is <laughs> Wednesday night. So what's like a typical week for you? How do you travel there? What's your show prep like?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, well, right now we're doing, uh, we're getting, we're starting, we got double headers like tomorrow or uh, yeah, Wednesday I'll be, uh, I'll be flying into Atlanta tomorrow uh, with Tuesday, uh, get in there. Uh, they put us up at the four Seasons. I mean, and Petey's going to roll his eyes when I tell him I know. <laughs> first class seats and then you get there uh, Wednesday we don't have to be there until about 4 35 we go over a little bit of an outline of what we're going to do but they don't they don't tell you a lot um, and then a lot of the surprises they just kind of two minutes before hey we're doing this and you do it so that's that's kind of their flavor um, so the doubleheaders we get back to the hotel at 1 and then I fly out the next day back to my home in Vegas so it really Leah, it's uh Tuesday fly out, Wednesday show, and then uh Thursday. You know, Liam Liam and a couple of guys, we'll text each other hey, what you, uh on Monday or Sunday, hey, who do you want to interview? We got this guy or that guy. They'll they'll have your input, but it's really uh it's really easy the way they have it for the format for us.
2: Well, we've talked a lot. Clearly we talked to a lot of hockey people talking. You've done a really nice job. Like I'm not here to blow you that hard, but (laughs) people, people, people love what you're doing. They think you're really funny and people in the hockey community are watching it. So great job, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Do you get concerned about that? You're being too funny. You're kind of a, you're become a comedy act and you're still trying to be, a coach in the future? Does that ever concern you?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you, you you know, we 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 talk all the time. You don't want to get, hey, we broke sticks the other day. Like, we don't want to try to one up each other. And I don't want to be like a, you know, look like a donkey on TV. Also, um, <laughs> and you know, they, they, it's funny, P. They asked me, um, we were talking about a couple of things, uh, and I said something. It wasn't really controversial. I can't remember what I said. This was during the test. Hey, are you willing to say that? Uh, you know, will that hurt you? I said no. Just as long as like it never be personal um, against a, a player or a team or a coach or whatever. And it's just an you know I just want to analyze what I think. If you keep it that way, you're fine. If I start to be really critical and, and stuff like that, I think yeah, it might hurt you. So I got to be careful. I got to toe the rope. But I'm you know MVP. I'm always going to be honest. I'm going to try to give you the what I feel. Uh, but I'll never. It'll never be personal.
0: So what do you do with the rest of your week? If you're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, how are you spending the rest of your time?
1: Well, you know, work out, watch some hockey games, <laughs> golf once in a while. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I actually, I, I, I was watching a lot of hockey there about a month ago. And I, I don't watch as much as I used to, um, you know, because, you know, sometimes you get to sit around that t- television and you got no skin in the game. So sometimes when you're not, if you're watching too much, you know, you're not really, you're not that fire, that competitive edge. So, I found I was getting a little stale watching the game. Um, but I make a lot of calls. Uh, I, I shouldn't say make a lot of calls. there's I have a certain network of guys that I talk to. and I know uh, Petey will bust my balls about that. You know, I talk to Craig Berube a lot, Travis Green a lot, you know, um, John Cooper will call once in a while. And obviously, you know, with the show Biz, Wayne, all those guys. So I got to select guys. You know, I talk to Pete Craig once in a while. So I got a bunch of guys I call just to stay in the loop pretty well. <laughs> what
3: is it? like working with Paul Bissonnette on a day-to-day <laughs> basis I mean we've gotten a, a little taste of it but I'm I'm guessing you've gotten a heavy dose of it
1: you know what I'll, I'll be honest with you. when I was coaching there uh in Arizona and I, I didn't really I knew biz you know to say hi yeah I did I think I I sat in lunch on went. I didn't know him that well I gotta tell you I really really like biz uh we, we've come really close this year uh we we have a routine we you know when we get in we go work out we have dinners we have lunch and you know, he really wants to, like, he's not He's not a clown. He, the one thing with Biz, like I said to Biz, don't be always the clown. Like, he's got some really good hockey IQ in him. Um, and I'd really like talking hockey with him. He, I've, I've learned some stuff from him. So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed with Biz is talking hockey. He's into it, loves the game, but he also knows how to, you know, he, he showed me, I don't know if, if it's even, um, you can guys watch, him. he did this. He actually wrote this commercial I think it was uh, some glove commercial, and he wrote it. it. was incredible. So he's a very talented guy, yeah. um, and he's marked himself very well. So I've really enjoyed my time with Biz this year.
3: Having said that, talk. You talked to us off the air about the uh, sort of show prep that Biz <laughs> does to get in the zone for a game. Can you take us behind the scenes of that.
1: Yeah, like Biz, like about t- like two minutes before the, the uh, red light comes on, he, he, he gets two Red Bulls and he just crushes his two Red Bulls. likes <laughs> <laughs> himself up. And then sometimes I'll watch him and he'll, he's so focused and he'll, he'll talk to himself before we go on, what he's going to say. Uh, <laughs> he's very intense until that red light. And then he just, you know, bizz is biz, right. You never yeah. know what he's going to say. You know, the, the guy, uh, you know, he said moose knuckle the other day on the air. You know? <laughs> yeah. he, he, he just doesn't care. Like, and, and, uh, and what TNT lets him go, they don't care either. So it's been a nice mix and he's, he's really done a nice job coming and, in, and, in, in, you know, kind of towing that rope and, helping us out, you know, the, me and Gretz and Ansem and Liam. But well, you talk about,
2: you talk about your work week and we joke about it and kid about it a little yep. bit that you're working, you know, a day a week for, you know, it's, I'm not minimizing it. Cause honest talk, same freaking thing for me here. Like it's <laughs> not, not work, work, work. This isn't 24 hours a day, but yeah. Having said that, I know how much you personally want to compete, how much you want to have an effect on the game. You talk about skin in the game. That's kind of who you are. You compete that whatever it is you do. So are you ready? Do you want to get back into coaching? Like, are you ready for seven days a week, 20 hours a day where you like, that's hard, hard work. And are you ready for that? Like, this is, you're great at this. It looks like you're having fun. Do you want to dive back into it?
1: Yeah, for me, Petey, it's got to be the right situation. I mean, you know, um, you know, it's not that I. It's listen. I'm not going to sit here, sit, you know, I'm not that arrogant to say I can sit back and the, and I want this, I want that. It's you know, I'm not saying I can get any job I want, but it has to be the right situation. Yeah, you know, I have to have the right staff. I mean, Petey, you know, as a head coach, your assistant coaches and um, you know, video, everybody has to be really dialed in and, and and really help the head coach. If you if you don't have that. I don't care how good of a head coach you are. You're only as good as your assistant coaches. So that's got to be in place. And obviously you'd like to get a, a roster and a team that can compete uh, and, 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 you know, has a chance to win uh, every night. Uh, that, that would be something. Yeah. Um, not saying it's ever going to happen, but um, I definitely love the compete and the, and and just the puzzle, putting stuff together and, and trying to win. That's something I'll always, you know, I, I have the fire, you know, like I said, I talked to a couple of coaches every once, like Craig Brew and we talking and, He calls me all the time and I love the the banter. We talk and he asks me questions and stuff like that. I love that. So uh, that at least he gives me a little bit of a a, a little flame there when he calls me, but yeah, I'm a compete type of guy.
2: Hey, this isn't 60 minutes. I'm not holding your feet to the fire, but there are a few topics that if we don't touch, I think we're remiss from what we're doing here at PHNX. So, you talk about a team and a fit, and, and you, you look around the league and you see Chicago's got an interim coach. Uh, Rick Bonus is getting ready to retire. Dave Tippett's in the hot seat. So, there are jobs open, and there's another one that your name comes up with. And you look at the Philadelphia Flyers who fire their coach, have an interim coach tag there. I see it on Twitter, I see it in social media, and your name gets associated with all the time. You just got it, you know, you're into their Hall of Fame now well, how do you deal with that? Like you see it every day. Like Rick talk, it's the perfect guy for, for the Philadelphia flyers one. How do you deal with it? And is that
1: attractive? I got to tell you, I uh, it was at three weeks ago. And I can't name the guy. He's a big, he's a big guy in the NHL. He's got a big name. In the NHL. he called, he texted me. Hey Todd, congratulations. Good luck. He thought I got the Philly job and this guy's in, this guy's <laughs> a big time guy for another organization. So that's how crazy it gets. Right. Um, with rumors, um, you know, you, you, you know, people call you all the time, and, uh, you know, the Elliott Freemans, all those guys, every thinks that, they, hey, this is, you know, it, 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 it's more like, I, I shouldn't say it's like rumors, but they hear something, maybe from an executive, or something, and they, then it has legs, um, so to be honest with you, you know, nobody's contacted me um, uh, with Philadelphia or anything like that, so I just put my head down and do my TNT job, um, and it's not fair to the other coaches too, like, there's a lot of guys out here, you know. There's, I mean, how many times have you ever heard Babcock's name uh, when when so, some coach loses four games in a row? I don't think it's fair to the other coaches um, when they hear that stuff too, because I've been in that seat too, that hot seat too.
0: Staying on the subject of Philadelphia, just last year you were um, in, elected to the Flyers Hall of Fame. What did that mean to you? And can you kind of walk us through that experience?
1: Yeah, that was a big moment for me uh, when they called me. Um, You know, that was a big part of my life, Philadelphia, the uh, the Flyers. Played there over 11 years, um, had some played for some great teams there. Like, probably the the there are some teams that are the closest team I've ever been, and I've always tried to emulate that as a coach. Like, how do you coach like closeness? Um, it's hard to, right? Because I I, I remember the the Murray Cravens, the Ron Sutters, the Dave Pullins, Timmy Kerr, Brian Prop, Brad McCrimmon, who, who was a big influence on my my career, Mark Howe. I I can name all these guys. Um, those guys really helped me get in. I mean, there's so many other guys can get in. Um, so, and it was a great weekend, uh, seeing all the old flyers and, uh, you know, the giant Leclerc's Eric, Rinders, all those guys came in. So it was a lot of fun to see it, those names and just the fans. I mean, uh, we had a, a game before six or 7,000 people and they only promoted a couple weeks before. So they're, they're, a, they're, they're a heavy fan base. That, that's one uh, wants a win really bad. And it's a great place to play
3: rick when when you were talking about uh, possible the possibility of getting back in to the yeah. coaching profession, you mentioned it's got to be the right situation. You've obviously had a uh, there's no way to sugarcoat this you, you've been put in a tough a couple tough situations in Tampa and Arizona. What is the right situation for you going forward?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's a great question, Craig, because you know you, you know you want to check the boxes, right? You know like I wish you you know you wish you had you know certain guys to uh, rosters, you know, in, uh, in the league, like uh, solid ownership, you know, a, a general manager that communicates well, uh, you know, a, a heavy, you know, roster that has some stars and, a, and, and so, with a lot of young guys potential. So, I mean, those are like every coach wants that, right? And it, it, there's no perfect team. Um, but like I said, I'm not sitting here saying I can be very choosy if I ever get back in, but there are, there are some things that I I'd really like to have before I accept the job. And, and communication and being rock solid in the organization has to be definitely one and two. And
2: we we talk a lot of Coyote hockey here, obviously, yeah. we the PHNX Coyotes podcast. <laughs> so from your experience coaching with the Coyotes, now you've been able to step away for a minute. When you look back at your career with the Coyote organization, is there something you would either A, like to change, you thought you could have done better? Or is there something that you've learned from the experience now that you can take to another job, if you were to get one,
1: yeah. P, um, there's a lot of little different little things that I think I would change. Um, you know, when you lose, you take losses hard, and sometimes I, you know, after a game, um, and I would said to myself, "You got, you know, the next day, you got to come in with a fresh." And I and I did for the most part, but sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I took the losses really hard. You know, sometimes you think you want to win more than the the players do, and I think that's not that's that's not fair to the players. So I think sometimes as a coach, you got to be careful of that, um, you know, and you know the time in Arizona, I mean, we had some, you know, I thought we were climbing there. We were chipping away and then, you know, obviously unfortunate incidents happened and I took that hard. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard because you want to win so bad. And I keep saying that, that you, you get cloudy in your mind. Um, so sometimes I, you know, there are certain times of the year where, uh, things that happened and I took it so hard. Maybe I didn't coach as well, or it affected me for a few days. So, um, I think I could deal with that a little bit better now.
0: Do you still, um, keep in touch with Phil Kessel? I
1: haven't, I, I did really, you know, I haven't talked to Phil in a while. Um, he's actually been playing really well. So I'm going to leave him alone. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know you I, I know, up? uh, you know, whatever happens to him here in the next couple of months, you know, I, I think hopefully it's a win-win for Phil and the organization. Um, but uh, yeah, Phil's. You know, I I think Phil skated better this year than he did last year. To be honest, with you. I think he seems to me he's, he's skating better.
0: Do you keep an eye on the Coyotes at all? You said you watch hockey, so I'm curious if you watch the Coyotes at all.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, there's some guys there that are still there that I want to see do really well. Um, you know, Jacob Trickeron was struggling there early in the year. And you feel for him. You know, you you know he's a type of guy that uh, I want I want to see him win. You know, and and. and and maximize his career. You know, Clayton Keller um, is a guy that I'm really proud to see the way he's playing. I mean, it's, it's like, he's basically this year said, Hey, I'm going to play this way. And and if you watch him, he's moving his feet and he's playing the inside, you know um, you know, uh, certain guys that you just got an affection for, you know, that uh, you want to see do really well. And I, you know, listen, Phil Helsley was on my staff, Corey Stillman. um, You know, I want to see them do well. Um, and uh, so there's yeah, I, I want to see guys do well. I mean, uh, you know, Javier has reached out to me a few times to see how I'm, I'm doing. So it's always nice to get those calls to, to check in. But I definitely watch the games. I mean, uh, I don't see all the games, but I do watch the games for sure.
3: Rick, with Clayton Keller in particular, you always talked about him being a student of the game. You called him a hockey nerd. He was he was always the guy that was was willing to put in the time to learn. What's the difference this season? Do you think it's just a maturation process is it as simple as that
1: I I think the maturity you're right the maturity of him understanding what's expected of him every night to play in the NHL and to be a leader um and 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 not be selfish you know that's something that he's always worked on you know he's always been the guy everywhere he's gone you know he wants to be out there but you got to earn those rights and he's earned it this year um and I, I just think that, and, and I'll be honest, with you, his, his off-season workout this year, you know, I think Bill Armstrong talked about it. You know, he put five to ten pounds of extra muscle. That's big. He, you know, he was, a, you know, he came in as a little boy in the sense with, with high skill. But now you can see he's got bigger legs. He can say, you know, the, I, I think the other day one of you guys mentioned it too. I think he went wide on a guy, came inside, and usually he get pushed off. He held his ground. It was the shorthanded goal. He yeah. held his ground. He held his tracks. And he didn't budge and he scored that goal. I mean, that's because he worked out really hard and and did the stuff that he had to do this summer. He's only going to get better by doing this.
2: So one of the things I know about you that a lot of people might not know is you're a real student of the game. And we, we had a picture of him. This is, to me, this is Rick Talkett. Like if he walks by a whiteboard, he's drawn stuff on it. Like he said, hey, I saw this in a game last night. Do you think we could try this? And you know what? Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't, but you're always thinking outside the box. I guess my question to you is, and a lot of our people that watch our show and listen to our show, they say, they say what's talk system versus tippet system or, or what is Turnier's system different? And can yeah. you kind of like, can you kind of explain to people that don't watch hockey enough? Like mm-hmm. really what is the impact of the system?
1: Yeah, I, I think, like, really, when you sit down, you got to look at your roster and then you go from there. We all kind of, you know, Peter, you know, you've had, you've had many head coaches that you've worked for. 85, to 80% of the guys do the same thing, you know, it, it, basically the same thing. It's the 20%. And I think the 20% is your roster. You know, if you have certain guys, you play a little, little different. Um, you know, in Arizona, we didn't have a lot of high scores, we had a great goaltender in Darcy Kepper. We had a veteran defense, and I felt like if we could stay in games, you know, we could compete. I think for the most part we did most nights. Yeah, would I like to open it up a little bit? Yeah, Uh, but when, you know, you're not converting – if we have six two-on-ones, the other team only needs two or three to convert, um, you know, how risky do you want to be? So I think really the system, PD, and we always talk, and, you know, know, every year we go into the next year, hey, can we activate the weak side defenseman more this year? What's the risk reward? F3, you know, you know, Pete, uh, some coach a little higher. Sometimes I want him a little lower. Like those are little things that you can kind of tweak your system um, with the roster and your players. Um, but to me, the, 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 the main reason for a coach is he's got to bring energy and he's got to bring communication to his. That's really what it's about. If you can get your team to play with high energy and you can communicate with your players and make them understand it's not always about th- that individual you got a better chance of, I can exit all of you at depth. You know, Peter, we, we sit and talk. I can tell you what Colorado does, what Philly does. Um, they do this, they do that, and how far um, wide of a forecheck they do. But really it comes down to is execution of that system. Um, so, and I don't differ much from the, you know, uh, Dave. We talk about Dave Tippett or some like maybe a little different things here and there, but it's not a major difference.
2: No, and that's that's what's what people need to understand. Like mm-hmm. you can win playing any system. Like Tampa play one, one, three, and teams win where you go one, two, two. Like what, what your point was is whoever does their system the best, making the least mistakes and knows their system the best, I think has the best opportunity to win. I, I do think system play as it's used is just a little bit overused. Mm-hmm. If you have really good players that do the structure that you've taught them most often with the fewest mistakes, that's how you win in this league.
1: Listen, you got Cal McCarr on your team. You, you, you're <laughs> a stretch in the envelope. You are, your playbook's getting bigger. You're getting a thick playbook. Hey, were we off this draw? We're going to have him really wide. We're going to do this with, because it's Cal McCarr, right? Other guys, you can't because You got to play more close to the vest. So system wise. Yeah. I mean, it's about playbook, you know, uh, Kansas City Chiefs are going. Your team, Peter, are going to the the, the finals. There, um, their playbook's huge. You know, Tennessee's a bit more of a right. They're they're different, right? They have a less of a, It's no different in hockey. Um, so I think I think sometimes the system thing's a little over overrated.
3: On that note, a lot of uh, guys that step into this broadcast situation, like you're in now, we'll talk about how it provides a different perspective. You get to you get to watch a lot of teams first of all, and you're not just you know you don't have the blinders on. For your own team or the next opponent, what sort of perspective is that created for you? Both with maybe your coaching perspective, and then what have you learned about the league this season?
1: Yeah, it's great, uh, question, Craig. Because I'm uh, sometimes I'm sitting there watching the games with other guys, you know, whether it's Gretz or Anson or whoever, whoever. And sometimes I fall in that thing where, well, how does the coach do this or why would you do that? Like, and I'm like, you guys don't understand, like. The, the guy has this many, like, so many seconds. He's got this. Uh, some guys got like he's got an escape done, and you know we question coaches so much. So my perspective, I guess is what you ask me. Um, I try not to do that because I understand what those guys are going through. Um, so um, just from watching on, on the sidelines, that I've been out for a while, I, I, I've been very, I tread, I tread very lightly on that. I don't really, even when I go on the show, if there's a, you know coach maybe pulled the goalie too quick or, or challenge something. I'm not, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to be really criticizing that guy unless it's, you know, it's something that you really, everybody, you know, you have to point out. Um, that's a perspective I have is it's a really hard job and you got to really understand sometimes the position some of these coaches are being put in.
3: Would you say you've learned anything about coaching?
1: Oh, about coaching? Absolutely. Yeah, but this
3: season by being up in the booth or being in the studio.
1: Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, there's different ways of coaching. I've watched some other coaches. I, I can watch more as a fan of the way the coach is coaching now, where I'm I'm invested in my team. So you usually have your blinders on. You can but now it's like I there's 32 teams out there. I'm watching everybody. I'm watching how, what coaches are, are saying on the, the media, how they're dealing. Uh, and like I said, and like I said, I keep bringing up Craig Ruby. Like I gotta really thank him because he really helps me. Like he just won a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. And, He's picking my brain. So I, I don't think you, you can never, never stop learning as a head coach. I don't care if you won, And I think every year you got to reinvent yourself. That's something, <laughs> Craig, I'll, I think. You can't come in with the same cards as a coach. you got to bring something to the table because players are going to get stale. You know, that's why they say coaches have been there five, six years. They, they get tired of hearing the voice. So as a coach, you better bring something new. And I think that's why John Cooper, who's done a really nice job this year, because he's got to bring something new. They just went back-to-back cups. You know, and I asked Coop on the the interview, is there stuff you're doing different? Uh, And he is. And those injuries have actually helped him because it's brought other people into the game. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of energized some of the veteran guys because they got new players there that are are on their team. So that's something I've really watched Tampa. How are they going to do some things different that, that they don't become complacent?
0: So you just mentioned getting to watch all 32 teams, you know, so do you have any perspective on who you think is going to be the top contenders going into the playoffs, any players that have stood out to you surprises, et cetera. What are your thoughts kind of on the league as a whole so far?
1: Well, oh, talk about being, we're talking about draft games. I, three weeks ago, I said, if I was somebody put money on the Pittsburgh Penguins and St. Louis blues, because three weeks ago, I said, they started to hit their groove. I like both their teams because the depth, I like their coaching obviously. Um, you know, Pittsburgh the goalie situation, he's play he's an all-star trajectory, but can he hang in there during the playoffs? That's what he's going to be judged on. And I love the way St. Louis is playing now. So, if you're looking at two teams that, you know, listen, they're not heavy they're they're I think they're favorites obviously, but they're not heavy favorites. Those are the two teams I really liked to maybe get to the finals. I know mm-hmm. people in Colorado and, and you know, listen, they they're they're they should be number 1 heavy favorites, but And there's other, you know, Toronto's playing well this year. Tampa, obviously, are the the favorites also. But two teams that are built for the playoffs, I think, are Pittsburgh and St. Louis.
0: Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, you, you heard it here first, and um, you mentioned DraftKings, and before we move on, I just want to remind everyone that our show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and counting down to Superful, Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5, and get $280 in free bets if your team wins when you sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app using that promo code phnx if you're not a new customer you can experience the conference championships with same game parlay so it makes it a lot more fun Um, i bet on all all the games yesterday and i was very invested (laughs) Um, (laughs) it really does make it more exciting i will say so DraftKings is safe secure and reliable um, super easy to deposit and withdraw your money so check out the DraftKings sportsbook app use the promo code phnx 56 to 1 odds on any nfl team but five dollars to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Call one 800 next step. New customers only eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details.
3: Rick, got to ask you question of the day. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of the NFL's overtime format?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I, I go back and forth. I'm going to say I, I, I to you keep it I, as much as I want to see Josh Allen have the ball in his hands. I mean, what a performance! Um, I think you just keep it. I, 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 don't want it to be like college. Um, but listen, you could twist my arm if you said they both each gets a possession and more, whoever has the most points. Yeah. Um, I could lean that way too. It's, I'm probably waving the white flag. You're, you're, you're talking to a guy that hates shootouts, right? I hate shootouts. <laughs> I'd like to play a full quarter yeah, and just yeah. be personal. That's never going to happen because I know the wear and tear on a football uh, on the players. But um, I could go either way, Craig. To be honest, with you.
3: Yeah. When I look at it, I, I think okay, I, I get why you don't want to play a whole extra quarter in the regular season. It's the same idea in the NHL, right? Get the overtime over with. You're going to you're going to kill these guys if they have to do it too many times over the course of a regular season. But to me in the playoffs, you got to play football. You got to put both offenses on the field. I don't know if you go to the college playoff format or if you just play an entire quarter, but it it just seemed crazy to me that, that Josh didn't even get the ball in his hands after that (laughs) performance. How do you not let that offense at least come on the field and have a chance? That was crazy to me. And, and Sean, our producers die in here because he's He's a a huge bills fan.
1: (laughs) No, I'm with you guys. I, I feel their pain, but I understand the other way. Um, I think KC got ripped off a couple of years ago by the Patriots, and they they actually wanted to change the rule. So uh, they wanted that where, you know, both teams got possession. So it's funny how it turns out. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a tough one. I think all of America wanted to see that. I mean, all North America wanted to see the world, actually. Josh Allen have the ball in his hands and see what he would have done there, for sure.
0: All right. We need to get in some real hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> How hard was it to work with Petey?
2: Wow, <laughs> easy here, turbo. Yeah, unload, buddy. Awesome. Unload.
1: Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I and I and I mean this sincerely. He's he's one of the best in the business. Um, he's I'm very lucky. <laughs> I, I, there, I, there it is. He, he bought me his my first Starbucks. That's yeah.
2: one see i buy that i'm smart i get up with one coach is awake and i buy one starbucks these guys when we go to a big dinner they have to get the bill for everybody so i pick my spots i'm
1: not stupid <laughs> the, the, the one the one thing with p when i got there is like i said p you're not a video coach you're an assistant coach too so we actually put the slash in there for Pete. it did, did you did you raise p I can't no remember. you
2: got a new title just like woody harrelson on cheers got the new title
1: well, you got the slash in there and then you lost your job sorry buddy <laughs>
2: I, was, I was hoping when we talked about when what would you have changed you would have said why well, don't i kept you around that's what i was hoping you would have said When <laughs> he's changed to the coyotes no, keep Petey.
1: <laughs> no but what, leah and craig one thing with Petey, like um the one thing i really enjoyed when i walked in there like he being involved with the coyotes what 25 years Petey?
2: 23 yep
1: 23 years um every day like he would try to think of something different like he knew the way i thought you know, probably not a great day to give an ex uh, to show video of, of, of the team. Uh, probably not a good you know to, to go over the same thing. So we'd say, what about a, doing a video? Like what? And a, let's do an inspired video today. Let's do this. Let's do that. And Pete, should we segue into the? Yeah, the, do it. Video? So Pete, I walked one day and go, Pete, I you know we we're a little slump. I got to get these guys thinking, not hockey. Something inspire them. So, Petey goes. Let me go at home, and I'm gonna I'm gonna Google all these inspiring movies. I'm gonna watch them all. So he comes in the next day, and he's white. He's he's gaunt, and he's like, I can't do this. He goes, I've been crying all night. You go, he goes, What? He's been watching all these inspiring movies. So he, he picks this Arthur, Arthur the dog. And actually, I cried. It was a, it was about this dog. Petey, explain the story. Was and impressive.
2: see, so so, so what talk a couple things when he says inspirational videos, and this is no affront to talk. Yeah. He loves. Tom Brady and what they did with the New England Patriots. So it's always, hey, we should show a Tom Brady video. And I'm like, shit, we've already shown Tom Brady. Like, we got it. ninth round pick, worked really hard, great, best all time. So I said, we need something different. He said, okay, find something. So I went home and I, you know, there was military inspirational stories, athletes that have been through hell and back. And you're like, I literally was it's two o'clock in the morning. I haven't slept in days because we're working. And I'm sitting there in bed, just bawling. (laughs) Headphones are on. I'm like, oh, no. And then I found this story about a dog. And I said, this is it. This is Arthur. So I went into the coach's room the next day and I said, I got it. It's about a dog. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Really? A story about a dog. That's what we're going to do to inspire our guys. I said, just wait, watch it. And so I played it in the coach's room for the first time that morning. And everybody's kind of looking away like, well, I'm not crying. I'm too tough for that. And that was it. They're like, I I said, I knew I had them. So we put it up to the players. And in the dark, you could see these big professional athletes. They're like looking away and their hands are going to their eyes. So it was about this dog. I'm not going to get into the story, but Arthur the dog. And what he needed for companionship and how important a team was to him and the sacrifices and struggles this dog went through just to have companionship. And so what we're going to do talk after the show, I found the movie again after (laughs) all these years and we're going to tweet the link out from our beat account. We'll tweet it out. And I, I challenge any human being. It's a 13 minute video. I challenge you when that dog jumps in the water, that's all I'm going to say when that dog jumps in the water and you don't cry, you have no soul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 what we we at the pd we won four games in a row after that
2: <laughs> but that's what you needed but that's what I you're mean, saying you know, with the way you coach you got to break it up
1: whether it's, whether it's three, three, four maybe i'm exaggerating but it was at least three games we won in a row and i was like pete is there any other and i remember we lost the game i go pd we need another, animal. We need another. <laughs> <laughs> so, that. but that's that's the stuff though that i really enjoy is you know thinking outside the box of of how do you get your team to come together? Because it's not always every day, you know, practice the same thing, uh, video. Yeah, you have to have that in your in your day to day life as a as a team and as a coach. But these guys are human beings, and you got to figure a way to inspire guys. You know, um, we're very lucky. Like I was very lucky to be involved in the NHL for, for well, as long as I've been. Um, it's it's a great lifestyle. Um, so let's let's you, you enjoy it. You know, I know there's a lot of pressure. How do you, as a coach, how do you leave the, the pressure, not only from you, for the players? I really, that's something you try to do, alleviate the pressure for the players.
2: And one more thing I want to talk about, what it was like to work for Rick Tockett. And you see the public persona of how he is, and you like, oh, shit, he's a grumpy guy, and he's tough. And absolutely true. He's tougher than nails, but he'll listen. And I want to, we just put a picture up for those watching on YouTube. This is the coach's office inside the coyotes inside the arena at Gila river and where Rick Talkett is sitting, it's a big black conference table. He moved to that table. He had an office. He used it for storage. He never once that season sat there unless it was a one-on-one private meeting with a player. He wanted to be out and collaborate with the coaching staff, incredibly important to talk about things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? So it was always video popping up on the screen or up at the whiteboard. And he said, we'll talk about anything. Well, I'll give you, give me a reason you want to talk about our breakout, our personnel, our lineup. I don't care what you talk about, but you better bring bullets because if you don't get up to the board and say why or what, then don't talk. So the first week here I am, Mr. Tough guy, I'm going to show Rick Tockett what I know. We went up to the whiteboard and started talking about breakouts. And within five minutes, I was, <laughs> I was at my desk in a fetal position in tears, <laughs> wondering if I'd ever seen the game of hockey before. <laughs> Are you an idiot, Petey? Like, is that a breakout? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: well, we true. Had, we, we, had a, we had a lot of fun. And uh, that's, a, that's just the way I like to co- collaborate uh, a group setting. Uh, everybody has a voice. You know, bring, bring listen. I mean, I'm not right. A lot of times I think I'm right, but I'm not right sometimes. So it's nice to hear a guy talk, you know, I think in these situations here uh, we should be doing this and here's the reasons why I uh, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes they have stats to back it up analytics wise. Um, And I think that really, we had a close staff. I mean, you know, a lot of dinners together and I I believe in that stuff. You know, I, I, I know some staffs in the league, like, you know, coaches go by themselves and stuff. I don't, I think teams that uh, players and coaches that go out together and collaborate together are mostly the successful teams. I really believe that.
3: We have some notes in our uh, our show prep, uh, and it, it, it's just bullet points. And to be honest, yeah. Leah and I have no idea what some of them mean. So it's almost like a reveal. I feel like I'm pulling back a curtain on some of these things. So let me just read you this next bullet point that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Watching video in a hotel bathrobe. What's that all about?
1: Yeah, so uh, PD had the one computer. I think my first year. And, yeah, it's and before so had
3: laptops,
2: right? It's before everybody had their own laptop. We had one big massive computer that I would wheel into my hotel room. So that sets the stage. <laughs> okay.
1: So you know, they come on down. We got because you know we'd have to get some video done for the next the next day. So i knock on the door. PD opens the door, and I'm in my bathrobe with the the, the slippers on. <laughs> oh, no, Hold on. He, up. <laughs> he looks at me like, "What are you doing?" Like, like somebody sees you coming in my room with a bathroom. In your <laughs> Human <laughs> bathroom. Human
2: resources on line one. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't do that. In today's game talk. Oh, it was I. I <laughs> Uh, and I know once, actually, in later years too, one time we were in New York City and we got in late, but he wanted to watch hockey. And he just sometimes, again, he talked about collaboration. He just wanted to talk hockey in his room. So you go in his room, he had, he'd ordered room service. So there were some snacks and a couple of beers. And again, he's in the goddamn bathrobe again. Like, can we not do it in your robe? Like, I know you want to be comfortable. Do we have to in your robe? Oh, good Lord, the good old days. Hey, talk. And that's honestly, we talk about what I miss. I I miss, I love what I do. I love coming here and talking hockey. It is yeah. fun and I have a great time. I miss having even a small part of the outcome that you feel you made a difference. If I saw something in video, I told it to the coaching staff or to the players, and then that happens in the game and we execute it properly, you feel like you have skin in the game. I miss that, but I miss the camaraderie of the guys, like just being and sitting there and having a beer there and sitting, having a beer and talking about hockey. There's everybody in the bubble. And it was the one thing unique about the bubble, which is it will never be duplicated again. The only people anywhere were hockey people. You had to be cleared player, management or coach. And so the bar that we're sitting at there in this picture, was unbelievably unique that you could see uh, Matthew Kachuk, Milan Lucic, um, Pekka Rennie all sitting at different tables and everybody's talking to each other. It was an unbelievably carefree, relaxed hockey atmosphere. And and I, I'm so glad I got to participate in that and, and talk. That was some of the best times I've ever had.
1: So just, just seeing that crew, crew of guys right there, if you look at it, everybody had a role and every like, no, nobody was too big that's what i loved about it like phil housley a you know, hall of famer you know i'll get up i'll go down and, and skate the guys at 7 a.m johnny mcclain the next day hey hey howie it's my turn i got it. you know griff the team service guy who's terrific you know he's you know uh you know he gets up you know he gets up uh early in the morning to to, to greet a guy that we got called up you know obviously Petey's doing his thing uh it was just tireless, Pete? So I could just name guys, uh, Jay Verity, who I really enjoyed as a guy that would do anything. He would, you know, he would lug bags for you. So that's the. You're right, Pete. That's the one thing I do miss. That crew of the selfless guys that would, you know, the, you know, hey, when you lose, you lose, and when you win, you, win and you enjoy each other either way. And I thought that was something that group did a lot: is enjoy themselves and have each other's back. Because you know we were we were in tough situations, and I thought we had each other's back.
0: Another note here is about it being Petey's quote-unquote birthday on the road and maybe something about you lying to the restaurant staff to embarrass Petey.
1: Well, I was just trying to get a free uh, dessert for Petey. He wants I, free dessert.
0: I... <laughs> is this really your birthday here?
2: No, it's not my birthday. <laughs>
1: and I didn't know it was
2: happening. He would just tell the hostess <laughs> on the way and, hey, it's that guy's birthday.
1: So, So... You know, they had about three or four pretty waitresses come over, they started coming here, Petey singing happy birthday to him. And it was uh it was funny. It was it was a fun time. And Pete played along, hey, PA you played yeah, along. But,
2: but you did it. I and I know it partly to embarrass me because and it was funny. I gotta give you that, because you know how uptight I am. I'm a little high strung, they know. <laughs> so it was I was oh, like, little. really? But but ultimately he, he felt like if if he got the birthday cake for free, uh-huh. then he's not cheating. Right? Oh, it's not mine. I didn't order it. It's, it's free. It's birthday cake, so you can have the salmon and the and you know and chicken with no skin on it. But I can eat Petey's friggin' cake.
3: I'm glad yeah. you brought up the, your personality, Petey, because we've we've talked a little bit, and I feel like you know there's been like the family version hearing uh, about how great you were to work with. I, I
1: want to <laughs> know.
3: Yeah. I want to know what it was like working with Mr. High Anxiety over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, means, <laughs> Long means, pause. Means, Tell
3: them me about <laughs> Vancouver. Tell them about Vancouver breakfast.
1: The text. So, uh, we, we had, uh, I, I called a breakfast meeting and uh, we're all sitting around waiting for Petey and all our phones, uh, uh, text goes on at the same time. And it says, ugh, I'll never forget this, you know, cause talking to his lovely wife. Ugh, sorry, honey. Got to have a have a breakfast meet with a coach's and But he, he had us on the thread. He didn't know that. And he, how embarrassed were you,
2: though? Well, see, and here's to set the table a bit. We work really hard. And it was a day off in Vancouver, and I was just texting my wife saying, I think I'm going to lay in bed and sleep in today. Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim. Oh, nice. And five minutes yeah. later, I get a text from Coach Talkett, uh, Coach's Breakfast, Eight o'clock. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was going to sleep in. So I text her back, change in plans, coach's breakfast. Ugh. And here I walk down to the breakfast, all smiles, all happy. And John McClain looks at me, and goes, Huh? How to go to coach's breakfast? Ugh. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh shit. I looked at my phone and I go, Oh shit. That went on the entire year. So it's like the guy in the commercial that's going around and hitting all the computers and laptops. That was. Me, I messed out. Sorry,
1: I thought it was Imagine if you really felt. I know.
2: Impression. Yeah, that was not the worst text I said about you to my wife. By the way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my god. <laughs> Go
3: ahead, Petey. We want more
2: stories. Now. Okay, Take but here's inside. here's where a guy where where Rick Tockett. He's a no nonsense guy. It's black or it's white. Okay, there's and I think as a coach he's like that. As a human being he's like that. You know where you stand with Rick Tockett, and that's a good thing. There's no bullshit. There's no hey, I'm candy coating it. This is the way it is. So. One time, and, and this is one time, I was unbelievably thankful that he was that guy. Wayne Gretzky was the head coach. Rick Tuckett was an assistant coach. And oh. I was the video coach. They bought us. We we got called into a, a meeting, and Wayne said, come with us. It was right around Christmas. And we're going, what the hell is going on? Walks us out to the parking lot at Gila River Arena, opens the door, it's just like friggin' Oprah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. And then these cars lined up. <laughs> everybody got a car like you get a car you get a car i'm like are you kidding me i get a car for christmas like like like, if dave tippet's listening they gave me a best buy gift card (laughs) nice job tip um so i get a car and it's unbelievable like i'm a young guy i get a brand new car talk goes up to the car and goes looks at the guy that each guy had a from the, the dealership He goes, what no window tinting (laughs) and the guy and then and then all these guys jump back in the cars they drive them away and then later that afternoon they came back with window tinting and thank (laughs) god it's 120 you need friggin' window tinting on so thank you rick cockett for getting us all window tinting that day
1: the story goes better because the gretz got us it was like it looked like a cop car like i'm thankful it was like you know, back then it was like a $30,000 car, but it looked like a cop car, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and I, at that time I was like, I'm single. And I'm like, I'm not driving around this thing in old town, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the four door, so the four door so cop so car. I, set, so I went to uh, Darren Blake, who was Wayne uh, Wayne's uh, uh, kind of team service guy. And I go, Hey Blakey, do you think Retzel mind if I traded in? And and so what I did is I, I, I upgraded to a uh, the Harley Davidson truck. I paid the difference, but I took out yeah. I, like I, I take a present from Wayne and I traded it. Yeah. Car. Down payment. I drove <laughs> that little, car. That grateful,
2: yeah. I yeah. drove that car literally until the wheels <laughs> fell off. And they had yeah. I donated it to charity and they came with a tow truck to pick it up. <laughs> Barry Smith gave his to his daughter, bonus gave him it to his son. You traded yours in, and I drove it oh, for two hundred thousand miles national league right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god. That's Wayne, though.
2: Yeah. It was unreal. Unreal. (laughs) Changed my life.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because when, uh, we, our first day at TNT, uh, we got there, Wayne had, there's boxes of, he had all, there's must've been 40 uh, balls of whiskey, uh, you know, his whiskey, his wine. There must've been a hundred balls of booze in there in the, uh, in the green room that he had delivered for everybody, like, like the staff to take home. So that's just the way type, type of guy Wayne is. Right. Uh, very generous guy. And, I uh, used to do that all the time, um, you know, uh, surprise people with a lot of different stuff.
2: Talk, I, I got to bring it back to when you were a player here. And I was kind of on the periphery back then, just kind of watching. You had Daniel Breer, you had Shane Doan were rookies back in the league. And back then, rookies were rookies. When the bus pulled up in front of a city, Keith Kachuk, JR, and Rick Tockett aren't getting the bags off the bus. It's Shane Doan, Daniel Briere, Jason Doig. You know, it's it's Jason the rookies wow. grabbing all the bags off the bus. Hey, rookie, do this. Hey, rookie, do that. Team Meals, rookies went last. Like, it was just the way it was. Now, I I, I I can't imagine a rookie jumping off the bus and being forced to grab the bags. When the hell did that change? And what happened to the game where rookies don't do that anymore?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, Petey. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I never said to Shane Doan, or to Danny Ward, or Keith Kachuk or JR? they never said, hey, go pick that bag up. They just knew. They just you know, they're, knew they're, quali- they're quality individual guys. Um, you know, I'm not a big veteran rookie guy. Uh, I don't believe in hazing, but that there is a there is a pecking or there's a respect. I, you know, um, you know, I you you watch after practice, and, and I've never said a word. And I remember Clayton Keller was a rookie, those guys, they'd go pick up the pucks, you know, and they put in the bucket. They did it on their own. So it's. I think it's the leadership group that passes down um, these things to make sure guys understand, um, you know, what it is to be, you know, to play in the NHL and in the pecking order. But, you know, I don't think we're. Like, I don't believe in the in the rookie, veteran, the veteran's point that you got to do this, you got to do that. I think good rookies understand what you know they have to do and uh, be part of the team. You know, everybody's everybody's the same uh, when you hit the ice. I just think sometimes, you know, sometimes when you got a few more scar tissue on you. You know, you, you got to make sure that the rookie understands uh, his pecking order for sure. But we chained all those guys. We, we never told them. They knew that.
3: So, Rick, when I did a, a story on all of the Coyotes' dogs a couple of years ago, a couple outlets ago, too, by the way, um, and made Butter Pig a, a celebrity in the Valley, you told me at the time you didn't have a dog because you, you were traveling all the time. You just had didn't yeah. have any time to take care of a dog. But rumor has it you have a dog now. Can you tell us a little bit about your dog? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, you know, as I said to my girlfriend, I said if we're gonna do this, like, i 'cause I'm I'm a dog lover. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I had a dog back in the day and uh, passed away, and I I knew like I'm a guy I, I'm a guy that I love the walk like like walking uh, walk dogs, right? I love to walk a dog. It's therapeutic. But when you're traveling, right? So now we got this dog, a border collie, and I don't know if you guys can see. I got scratches everywhere. I got a cut here. <laughs> This it's a it, he's he's a playful puppy, right? So he scratching and stuff. Um, his name's Major. Um, he's uh, what ten weeks old. Oh my and he's god! A, he's a great yeah. He's a great he's a great dog. So it's uh, I'm glad I got him, um, and it's a lot of fun around the house to have him.
3: How's he get along with the cat?
1: You know what? Uh, they're getting better, but there's still there's their moments, and the cat still runs the r- rules of roost, right? With that, she's got the Tinky our t- 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 cat's got a right hand cross. He <laughs> It, 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 you know, he it, looks. It, it's a Milan Luchik right there, right cross. Anytime <laughs> he needs it, he he puts a he, he does, You know, he hits the dog every once in a while just to warn him.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, just a few more uh, questions before we wrap up. But before we do, I just want to remind everyone that if you're not already a member at GoPHNX.com, head over to the website, sign up for a membership. You get a shirt when you sign up. Um, you get members only deals of the week, access to our members only discord. I know that there were some questions asked in the discord once we said that Taco is going to be on the show today that we got to ask today. So a lot of perks to becoming a member at X com, So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. All right. A couple more questions. Yeah, I'm going to ask one up. hockey
2: question, my last one talk, because a lot of people ask this in our members-only chat about line matchups or how do you get a line or how do you get a, a group of three guys together and, you know, is it – do you keep them together for a long period of time and see if they click? Or do you change them every game and go, oh, shit, that's not working. We need to mix them up. Or how do you determine how you're going to pick your lineup and who plays with who?
1: Well, let's put this, what, name the best, name some of the best lines in the league, right? Let's, let's just go uh, over the last six, seven years, uh, Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak, right? Yeah. And if you watch them play, they all are willing to do the dirty work. They're all willing to like you know, to shoot the puck. They're all willing to pass the puck. They're all willing to back check. Like so, when you pick a line, uh, uh, your your line chemistry, you, you want guys to, to sure you always have one special guy. The guy's got you know yeah he's a shooter on the on, on the on the on the line, but he just can't be a shooter. You know like Patrick Laine I think struggled this year because he just kind of he's a shooter he just kind of stands around right. You have got to partake. So when I put a line together and and I learned from Mary Lemieux if you ask Mary Lemieux who he wants to play with, he doesn't want to play with two east-west guys. You know, he goes, yeah, I'll take one east-west guy that's talented, but I need a guy that just basically goes north-south to the net. So I, what I'm trying to say, you have to partake in everything. You have to get the puck, right, to score. So if you're just a guy that just wants the puck all the time and not willing to go get it, you're probably not going to play with another guy the same mentality. So you, you got to try to find two guys that are willing to go get the puck for this guy. Um, So there's a lot of that kind of mentality, I think, uh, from experience, is trying to find line chemistry like that. Uh, Who's willing to do the dirty work? Uh, And some guys are going to do more than others, and some guys are more talented than others, and some guys want the puck more than others, and I get that. But the best lines, if you see, they all take part in the little parts of the game.
2: So when you pick your lineup, it's not, who's the nice guy? (laughs) <laughs> Come on, um, talk. I fed you that line. Like we've got to get him in the lineup. Why do you got to get him in the lineup, Petey? Well, he's a nice guy.
1: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to say who the guy was, but
2: we won't say the player's name.
1: Yeah, he had a, he had a couple of tough games, and even the assistant coaches were like, "Everybody's like mf," and I'm like, "What the And we we're all kind of scratch our head, and Petey goes, "Yeah, but you know what? He's a nice guy." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how mad did I get when you said that? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that didn't last. Well, matter of fact, the next day I came into we were in St. Louis. I remember it. The next day I came into the coach's room and there was a sign, put him in because he's a nice guy. That quote yeah. right at my desk. Oh, my God. Can't have him in there because he's a nice guy. So don't worry about if it's the kid's hometown. It doesn't matter. It's who's ever playing the best or who's giving us the best
3: chance to win that game. Don't worry if he's yeah. a nice guy. I learned that that day. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right, last one for you, talking. And I know you're you're living in Vegas now, but I I know this this market still means something to you. You were a player here, you were yeah. assistant coach here, you were a coach here. Um, I guess it obviously was tough leaving Arizona. But what do you take with you from these various experiences, and what's your overall picture of this place, both as a a place where you spent so much time, and as a hockey market?
1: Arizona's. A, I've, I've lived all over the country, and Arizona's my favorite place to live. Uh, the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lifestyle. I mean, the obviously the weather. I mean, it, it offers so much. You know, there's so many events there. Um, that part is incredible. Um, the hockey part to me is it. It was a frustrating for me because I seen I seen the market in 2000 when we were winning. I saw the America West packed. Um, you know, you know, still losing that game seven of St. Louis. So who knows what could have happened after that? Um, and then seeing the way it's transpired you know, with the ownership changes, you know, the Glendale. And then there's so much thrown at this, this fan base. Um, and I don't blame them for being a little bit bitter because they've been always throwing stuff at them. So I'm a, I'm a little frustrated for the fans because what they've had to kind of deal with. Um, hopefully, this, you know, this rebuild um, is going to bring some sunshine. You know, hopefully the Arena deal brings some sunshine because, you know, the, the, there's only so much the fans can take. I get it. Um, so I'm as frustrated as them. Hopefully that, like I said, there's some sunshine to this franchise. Uh, some of these, you know, these draft picks pan out, and uh, and because if you win there, and like anywhere, like you got to win. You got, I don't care where you are, Philadelphia. They pack them in. They're not winning. They're not. They're not selling out now. So it doesn't matter. You got to win it. I think they just got to find that magic. You know, draft picks and 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 culture, and keep it going that way because you know this franchise is taking a lot of shots and. The, and unfortunately, the fans have had to take a lot of that brunt of that. And um, but they, I got to give them a lot of credit. They still keep coming. I know that, you know sometimes the attendance is low, but they will come if the if the have a brand of hockey that, that is a winning brand.
0: Definitely. Well, Talk, thank you so much for taking the time to join our show. Um, We've been talking about having you on for a while, so we really appreciate you coming on and taking some time. um, As a reminder to everyone, to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review um, and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We are 74 followers away or 76 followers away from craig having to finish an ipa yeah we'll explain that later yeah <laughs> um if we hit our benchmark in the next week so go ahead and give us a follow and talk thank you so much for
1: joining us today. thanks talk thanks talk no, I Continue, it, uh, before i go um i when I've been, i don't sometimes don't watch college games i watch i will watch you guys to get the what's going on um and it's very I love that you guys are doing this because we need more of this in Arizona to educate the fans or, or has have some kind of forum. So congratulations to you guys. You guys do a hell of a job. And I mean thank that. you.
2: Thanks, Thanks a lot. Talk. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon.
0: Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day.